You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. All right, listen, welcome to the Drawing Board Podcast, where we challenge you, the listener, to examine your life and to reimagine the possibilities. If you know about the Drawing Board Nation, our mission is to create an experience that will transform the world. We are featuring again uh, my good brother, Kalika Tabron, with the song We. I want you to vibe out to it for a minute and tell me what you think about it. Leave your comments below because the title of this song by Royal Media, Media shot by Chris. Listen, Kalika Tabron, We. We can accomplish more together than we can apart. Feel it. So listen, if you're enjoying that song, you can download it on all platforms, Spotify. Listen, use your iPhone, go to the Apple Store, make sure you download it. It's out there in the cloud. Let's go. Let's get it. Congratulations again to Chris. Wait a minute. Catch this next verse. Listen to this. Hey, hey. Make sure you go and download it, 
show them some love. Go to YouTube. Go to iTunes. Download it today. Kalika Tabor. We. Now, a word from our sponsors. One of our sponsors is, of course, my company, Ebron and Associates. We consult, develop, and support personal, professional, and organizational transformation. So we want you to go now to ebronassociates.com if you're looking for someone to come inspire, motivate, transform, or coach you through the change management that your organization needs. And also, another word from our sponsor, uh, we have Jordan here today and Creative Circles, shout out to you all, doing major work across the nation, saturated in Fort Wayne, Indiana. For all of your print needs, whether it be screen printing or embroidery, make sure you contact Creative Circles. And listen, Jordan, go ahead and shout out the web address. Where can they, where can they contact you? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, I'll let you guys know my website and my Instagram. So my Instagram is Creative Circles, so C-R-E, the number eight, T-I-V-E circles, just one word. And then uh, my website is creativecircles.shop. And you guys will find the embroidery, um, screen printing, as well as retail you know, products that you could buy as well. So just go check those two out. Okay, great. Listen, tonight I am going to purchase. If you comment below, the first person to comment below, I am buying you a word up hat today. Listen, comment below, word up. Comment below, word up, and I got your hat. You'll get it in the mail. I'm going to donate that to you today. Comment, word up. So now I get a chance to present my friend and my brother, listen, of many years, who is now a host of the Drawing Board Podcast. Some of them know him as Hugo Hill. Some of them know him as 7-6. A couple of you all know him as a co-founder of Sensible Politics. But what you're getting ready to know him from is he is the host of Stark's Reality, financial empowerment that leads to personal freedom. Put your hands together. Receive right now my brother and friend, Greg Starks. Welcome to the thank show. You, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. See, you always give me the best introductions, man. I yes, swear, sir. I'm gonna if I ever become an entertainer or something, I'm hiring you to warm the crowd up, man. Oh, hey, let's go. Listen, right now we are speaking to the world. So guess what? They know who you are, uh, and I appreciate, man, your just your knowledge base. Because uh, here's the one thing: great information leads to great empowerment. Great empowerment invokes great responsibility. Great responsibility tends to more accountability. More accountability leads to freedom and liberty. I know somebody wants me to run that back. Check out the replay. Share it yeah, right now. Think of alliteration. Yes, sir. So listen, <laughs> if you are watching right now, I challenge you to share this with several of your friends on all of your platforms because tonight is going to be great. You know, Greg, here's what I'm thinking, man. Chris Kalika Tabron said that we are more alike than we are different. And in the middle of this pandemic, I'm sure that there are many people evaluating and asking themselves this question as they're either working from home, as they're either without a job now, laid off, as their business may be either booming and thriving. Like nobody ever thought that Zoom was going to be this popular, but a need showed up and Zoom had to re-engineer the, their whole platforms to accommodate the major need. Everybody may be asking themselves this question. Am I living in my purpose? How necessary is college to what I endeavor to accomplish? Is entrepreneurship the route? 
It's enterprising within my current institution to rob. Should I go ahead and start a nonprofit? Should I create some level of merchandise? But here's the question they're asking themselves. How is my purpose and my career choice connected? How do I figure that out? Are they uncertain about it? Are they confused about it? What path should I follow in order to fully actualize who I am created to be? So right now, Greg, I give it to you, man. Please let us know what our next step should be. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Now, it's, it's interesting you you segued in with the COVID. That was one of the, the topping points, uh, topics I was going to talk about. Um, when COVID hit and everybody wasn't working, a lot of people wish, man, I, I should have had a side hustle. I wish I had something else I could do to make some money. Mm. Can you imagine all the people who started making money from door dashing because my, you couldn't you couldn't go anywhere? Uh, my thing is, is since I so I have a business, obviously, I started like three, four years ago, like seriously went legit about three, four years ago. And I had a lot of people tell me, you know, when I would ask them, hey, why don't you start doing something on the side? Like I would ask my friends, you know, my guy friends, why don't you just start doing something on the side? They would tell me, you know, I'm not really with that business stuff. You know, I don't really feel like writing a business plan because it's not secure. Mm -hmm. Even my mom, she would say, hey, it's not secure. So you should have a job to, to for more security until now, not speaking on her situation, but a lot of other people who I spoke to, they said, you know, but previously they said I shouldn't have a job or I should only have a job because it's more secure. Now, when COVID hit, their job fired them because the pandemic hit. They didn't they couldn't hire any more people, you know, so people couldn't go from one job to the next. The people who were hired there, they got fired because the company wasn't making any money because that company probably wasn't in the correct industry to, you know, withhold a pandemic. And then those people started coming to me saying, Jordan, do you, do you have any, are you available to hire <laughs> those same people that were telling me to not get a, you know, side hustle or a business, they're coming to the business owner now. Well, let me, let me look at it like this. Um, nine out of 10 businesses are going to fail. Most people, when you just start a business, is going to fail because you don't have the experience because you haven't done it before. The reason you have such a high turnover when it comes to business is because people don't have the experience of running a business. They don't have somebody that took them on as, as a mentee and picked them up and taught them how to run a business from the beginning. Now, I think now you started your business. How old were you? About 17, 18? Well, I started in middle school. My dad was helping us out. So we kind of started. So how old were you? Young teen, 12 years old, probably Yeah, 12 years old is the age that everybody should start a business, because at that point, you get to fail four or five times. You get to learn what works, what doesn't work. You get to get a little bit of experience. I think most people. So most people start to get a job about 16, 17 years old. That's when they get their first terrible job that you realize I need to go to college and do something with my life because I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. So you have a lot of people that'll start getting into the workforce about 16, 17 years old. That's too late because you already don't have the experience. Mm -hmm. You could have already built yourself. Now, I think if you expose a child to owning, running their own business at about 12, even younger, even, you know, you can take them to Sam's Club or to Costco, get them a pack of candy, you know, and yep. hustle that candy. That's what me and my sister did. Yeah. You hustle that candy and you, you get a little bit of business. Now, some kids 
get the lawnmower, hit the block, cut some grass, break some leaves, and they get a cer certain independence of making their own money, making their, their own way. If you get that at an early age and you have that foundation, when it comes time to be 16 and take a minimum wage job, you're less likely to want it because you know how to make that money on your own already. But what if you don't have the parents to even uh, to tell you, hey, one, let's start a business at 12 years old with your friends. <laughs> Most people don't have those parents, to be honest with you. And that's why you don't see it. Yeah. Um, so why not? Why don't they Google it then? Parents? No, the, the, the kids. You can't expect a child at 11, 12 years old to be, be thinking forward. Yeah. To be thinking that far ahead. That's why it takes guidance. That's why it takes somebody else, somebody older, somebody with some experience to try to lead that person down that path. Now, yeah. what I know is from from my upbringing, when I was growing up, we had a path. Our path was you get good grades, you go, you graduate from high school and if you can graduate with honors, all the better. You go to college, you get a four year degree. You get a job making about $50,000 a year. You get a pension and you retire. Mm -hmm. That was kind of the template for the, the pre-millennials. Mm -hmm. Now, after 2000, the, the economy sunk, went into the garbage. Uh, you had wars going on. You had 9-11. Uh, you had wars in Iraq, Afghanistan. And it almost became like, well, you go into the military. Yeah. And, and that's like your way out now. Yeah. Because those jobs have disintegrated. Those jobs that you used to only need a business degree for, well, for your degree, and you were good at that point. Those jobs don't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. That middle management and stuff and work your way up to the top, it, it's not there like it used to be. That mm -hmm. used to be the path. That's not the path anymore. Um, we we all have to rethink the way we, we, we look at our futures. Uh, we look at our training, and we look at how we lead our children. Um, we can be critical of the generation that came before. It's like they didn't tell us this, they didn't tell us that. But they had no no foreknowledge of what was going to come either. All they had experience was is in the world they lived in. Mm -hmm. Now we live in a different world. And we have to give some different information. Now, you are a college student, run your own business, right? And you're working on a book. So you're kind of like a serial entrepreneur. I guess you could say that. Okay. Now if tell me <laughs> if that's the word for it. it is multiple. Yeah. You got, you got more than one. You got a few streams of income, even within creative circles, you got multiple streams, you've got service, you've got retail, you've got, you know, yeah. so that's serial entrepreneurship. You're looking at different ways to make money. Hmm. So you're writing, working on a book, right? Yeah. Confused college students or it's called Tillman. Confused college students. It was confused college kids, but I got some backlash from it because we're not kids. But honestly, I think we should all, you know, we should all have that kid mindset because I was a kid when I started my business. You know, I was a 11, 12 years old. Kids have no fear. And when we get into the adult world, we have to start getting adult mindsets. We have to start having adult realities. And then that comes, you know, boringness, that comes complacency and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it's called confused college students because we are students. So so do you see a lot of confusion in your age group among your peers? Are they are you have a lot of friends who don't really know what they're going to do with themselves? I have friends that. Yeah, pretty much. I have. Um, I would almost even wager that most of your friends probably don't have a clue. A lot of my friends are in a lot of debt. 
Um, a lot of my friends talk about college student college, loan debt. Student loan debt already. And, yeah, I mean wow. your first your first year you're in I debt. Yeah, I get it. But it, you you don't really care about the debt when you're young, and then when you try to buy something like you want to go get a card, and that's when the debt like oh my god that that's when it hits. And that and a lot of people don't know if they want to go to grad school. A lot of them don't know if they should you know, when they have graduated, because I have friends that have graduated, they don't know if they should start their own business because that's where they see the world is going. Mm -hmm. But they also want to get their MBA because they want to make sure that the, you know, that they could have a job, you know, you know, so they're basically not going full in on one thing. Because before I feel like everyone went full in on the army, they went full in on just getting a job. But now they see what entrepreneurship can do. And they're like, oh, wow, if I could just build, honestly, build the confidence to just go all in on this, I don't need this, you know, extra MBA. But then they're also still afraid. So I think it has to do with the opportunity that entrepreneurship can provide versus the fear. I think a a thing that a lot of uh, kids run into is they choose degrees that require post-secondary education in order to get into the field. You know, so you go to college for four years and now you're already in debt and you want to go to grad school. And that costs twice as much. Granted, sometimes it's like half the time, Mm -hmm. but then it costs twice as much. And you say, hey, all right, when I get out of college, when I get finished, how much is the job going to pay me? If I can find one. Yeah. We'll we'll be optimistic and say, what is this job going to pay me? $60,000 a year. So I'm already $70,000 in the hole Mm -hmm. to start with. Is that a payoff to go student loan, student loan or all that? If, you, if you're not fortunate enough to have your parents pay for it, because it used to be a time where you could work a part time job and pay for school. That's not likely anymore. That's how I yeah. did when uh, for my undergrad. Yeah. You know, like the first four years. Uh, well, I ain't going to say four years. It took me more than four years. Mm-hmm. And I'm not ashamed of it. <laughs> I went part time for a long time. So I would just pay it out of my pocket. I had a job at Walmart. I just take my check drop a few hundred dollars on it. Cause you know, they give you payment plans and stuff. Hmm. Just drop a few hundred dollars on it here and there. And that's how I paid for college. I went to school locally and stayed at home. So I didn't have the room and board. After that, when I went further into it and I was like, all right, I, I majored in one of those majors that you got to have some post-secondary. It's like, all right, so is this worth it to me? So my first major was philosophy. Tough. Yeah. It's like, what are you going to do? I'm going to be a lawyer. <laughs> Yeah, be a lawyer. yeah, that's that's what a lot of them think. Yeah. But what if law school is too expensive? And you're like, man, I don't know if I want to pay another $30,000 a year to go to law school and I ain't made no money yet. Mm. It's like, so I did that. Um, then I decided I'm changing my major and I went with business. Actually, I went organizational leadership, which the world has never been ready for people with organizational leadership degrees because they don't really want leadership. They want management. And what's the difference? The difference between leadership and management, a manager is going to take the directives, tell people what to do, delegate things. Mm-hmm. A leader takes a vision and gets people on board with that vision and lead people to wherever we want to go together. So kind of like the movie with Liam Neeson when he was doing the Jewish guy, like the that that movie when he Schindler's List. Yeah. He he became a leader to those people. Yes, he was a he was a leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could you could say that. Yeah, go. Yeah, you can go there. Yeah. So I went for organizational leadership, but to pay for that degree, I had a job that gave me tuition reimbursement. Yeah. So it was getting paid for. 
you know, through work, everybody isn't, you know, going to get a job that gives you those kind of benefits. So mm-hmm. um, one thing I've noticed that people choose degrees that really don't pay very much. Um, I picked up a list. I got a list of, I don't know, agree or not. Uh, let me see how if I can share this screen. How do I maximize this? I haven't ever used Zoom before, so you got to uh, cut me some slack. How do I make this bigger? Probably the middle one. Middle, uh, small again. Let's try this. All right, we're good. All right, so let's try to share one of these. Uh, that's it. All right, so I can't see if it's actually sharing it or not. But I think it's sharing. All right, so I got this worst paying jobs in America, worst paying uh, college majors in America. Uh, these are what people consider the kind of jobs that don't pay a whole lot, but they're very rewarding as far as how you feel. Yeah, you do a lot for people. You, you're doing work that needs to be done. But for some reason, we don't see fit to pay people for the most important jobs. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about these numbers because I'll be honest, these these numbers are showing like in the 40s and 50s. I know people that are well into their careers in these type of things, these type of fields, and they still don't make that. Yeah. But early childhood education, molding children, how important is that? It doesn't pay much. Human services and community organizations doesn't pay much. Social work doesn't pay much. Teachers doesn't pay enough. You know, education religion, theology, these things don't pay very much. These kind of fields are not high paying. So when you decided, all right, I want to go to school, you're going for dentistry, right? Mm-hmm. Was money a factor? Was how much money you're going to make a factor with what you decided to go with? Well, I'll say a backstory. I've always been the one to like to accumulate a lot of money and not spend any of it. So that's just me. A lot of people will say, go for something that you really, really love. Um, you money doesn't buy happiness and things like that. But I've just been the type of person so to- you're cheap. I'm just or, not- uh, Frugal. I guess I'm frugal. I just <laughs> like, I just like accumulating a lot of money and really not spending any of it. You know, I'm not, I'll buy my girl stuff here. You know, I'm not going to. That's sweet. She's standing right there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> she's right here. So I have, I'm not going to say I'm not going to buy her anything. I spent all my money on her, but I won't spend it on anything else. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, you know, I should be buying, you know, new pants every once in a while, but I usually don't. So that was honestly, yes, a factor in choosing it. Now, that's a dangerous thing to say that you don't spend money on apparel and you're in an apparel business. I know. Sure. Tough. <laughs> But like I said, I know kind like I'm in apparel business because, you know, my dad started and he, you know, he had a lot of swag and stuff. So he kind of laid the blueprint out for me. Mm-hmm. And then for my screen printing business, I just make the clothes for other people, you know, so I don't necessarily need to be the fresh person in the room for people to buy my clothing. You know, I just need to make some good quality products. So recovery. Thank you. Way to recover. Yes. Now you said something into to the effect of. After COVID hit, everybody wanted to start a business. Yeah, after COVID hit, a lot of people wanted to start businesses and they were coming to me for advice. A lot of people who kind of shitted on me for having a business. We can't cuss. 
shouldn't, but okay. kind of made fun of me for having a business. Um, with people cussing podcasts all the time. All right, just go with it. Keep all right, going. so, <laughs> all right, so they kind of made fun of me for having a business and told me that you know I really shouldn't be doing it. They started coming to me for advice, and I happily gave it to them. So, yeah, it's just that's just what I've noticed. Yeah. Um, one thing I'll show on here. Uh, let's see, I got another screen I want to put up. Um, college enrollment went down after uh, the pandemic. Now. I think this could be because of a few reasons. Uh, I don't. I don't think it has to do with. I just think. I think it'll go right back up to where it was going to go, probably in the next year. Like next year, I think it's going to. They're not just going to automatically start getting into trades or certificates because people are just going to go the traditional route. <laughs> Yeah. See, one thing I think um, people realize that the classroom experience may be a little overpriced and overrated. Um, now, people couldn't actually go and attend school because of the, you know, had the disease and everything. So even if you're enrolled in school, they're probably sending you home if you go away and stuff, you know. So we had that aspect of it. But also with, with that, I think like if you go online school as opposed to the traditional college route you're yeah. gonna save a whole lot of money yes yeah. so it's significantly less expensive definitely to, to go that route and then it's like you're safer staying at home mm -hmm. um i think people will probably um go back you know i think college enrollment numbers may go up but uh there's this article says there's a few things that contribute to that less people graduated from high school college graduation rates are going down wow yeah um that's intense. It is. Yeah. College graduation rates are not what they used to be. So our education system is is not producing. And, and we're on the decline. Elon Musk, the obviously everyone knows Elon Musk, one of the best entrepreneurs today. He said he doesn't care what your degree is. He doesn't care if you got a degree at all. If you know how to now engineering, though, you can't get you can't become an engineer without having a degree, but those other probably management jobs, if you just have experience or you have anything to do with tech online, you know, you're going to be good. You can work for Tesla, one of the top companies in the entire world. And the owner, the CEO says he doesn't care if you have a degree or not. So that's something I think a lot of young people should really start realizing. <laughs> well, I think the college degree has become a little bit overrated as opposed to giving you the proper job experience to have you ready for walking into something and being able to do it. You're still going to need training. You're not going to be all the way prepared just yeah. by going to college. And you have to have, yeah, you have to know how to one, know how to capitalize off your degree because say you get a degree in engineering and you don't get any internships while you're in school, you're not going to get a job. You're just not, you're, you probably need to start working at Walmart then get a management position there so then you can transition into something like that but you you can't just walk into you know a stem field with no experience and expect a job just because you have a piece of paper yeah um like if it was if a person was to ask me a person was young you know like on their way you know 15 16 years old and say hey should i go to college my answer would probably be probably not why it depends what they want to study, though. <laughs> it does. And that's what that's why I say probably oh, yeah. not. If you're going for something 
that is going to be lucrative, that is going to be fulfilling. Yes, you should. If you don't have any clue what you want to do, you probably should wait. You probably should, should, should give yourself a second to figure out what, who you are, figure out what you want to do. Um, now, there are certain uh, degrees that I favor more than others. And you mentioned engineering. Yeah. Engineering is one of those super high paying lucrative professions you can go into. Uh, I got another visual. College degrees with the highest salary potential. This is just bachelor's? Yes. All these are pretty much these are all bachelor degrees. All right. So I'm going to start down low and go up high. All right. Let's start at tw top 25. Biomedical engineering has a, I don't know, potential of $104,000. But that's not like full potential. That's why you when you get your feet wet and you get experience, you know, mm -hmm. towards the middle of your career, maybe 10 years in or something like that. Government is ranked next. Which that's kind of shocking. Well, you know, your government officials make a lot of money. Uh, like your, your city councilmen, uh, your, mm. your congressmen, your senators. Senators are probably all making a quarter million. So you go to school for government? Not necessarily, but you can. Uh, there are majors that, you know, like liberal arts, uh, political sciences. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you can, you can go to college and get certain experience and uh, go into politics. There's a lot of money to be made in politics. Some people make more money in like Joe Biden. Like he never actually oh, yeah, yeah. made anything as a salary, but somehow, somehow he's a millionaire yeah. from the connections that he made, you know, or connections wow. that anybody can make. Definitely, a lot of multi-millionaires don't do nothing but actually don't even do anything at all. Because sometimes they don't show up and vote. They don't do much of anything. They're just there because people keep voting them in. I keep I read Charisma. Obama's book when he was a senator. He wrote a book. While he was a senator and people just bought the book just because he's a senator. Like, that's all you have to do is create or, I guess, become some type of official and people start caring about you and want to read what you have to say, I guess. Well, I think Obama's greatest asset is charisma. Um, he's very likable. Uh, he's a great speaker. So yeah. that, that's going to transform and translate to being a great writer. Makes sense. You know, so, definitely. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, he's an intriguing individual. You know, so calm, no scandal in like his entire life. He has no scandal. Yeah. I mean, he's been able to keep his his hands pretty clean in a, in a dirty profession. And that's all. That's great for him. Oh. All right. So number 23, uh, aerospace engineering. Very high. Starts off around sixty five thousand. Mm -hmm. These are all bachelor degrees, mind you. Now, you saw those other ones where they around thirty or forty thousand. Same start, same bachelor's four years. Or, yep, same four years. Yep. Like, industrial distribution, so industry, um, manufacturing stuff like that, like factory work. Like, no, nah, you're not necessarily a factory worker. Yeah, I know, but no. you're in a factory, probably producing like producing something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Manufacturing is you know the proper term. It sounds better. Engineering again, computer science. Physics, materials and science engineering. And now we're scaling at, you know, six figure, but starting up around 65,000 now. Now, there's a trend here. Engineering. <laughs> but the stems are so hard, Greg. I don't care how hard they are. 
because there's tutoring, there's resources you can take advantage of. A lot of them are free. It takes some dedication and some motivation to want to do it. Yep. Yes, they are difficult things to learn. But if you put the time into it, it's not as hard. Yeah. I think football is hard. Basketball is hard. You don't see people having, you know, saying, oh, no, I don't want to be a basketball player. It's too hard. You don't. I think it comes down to culture. What does your culture emphasize on? Well, I mean, it's your mindset, too. Like, even if your culture doesn't say that engineering is the greatest path for financial freedom, it doesn't mean that you can't be a, a rebel yeah. and go your own path anyway. You know, as long as a person has a desire to do it, they can do it. Definitely. My grandmother always said, if somebody else did it, you can do it. You guys know, I was in engineering at one point and I dropped out because I thought one of the lower level math classes were too hard. Turns out when I got into my dental route, I had to take that exact same class and I passed with a B. You couldn't dodge it anyway. I couldn't dodge it anyway. So... My advice on that, I can't give advice on much, but my advice on that is set yourself up for success because you're going to need, like people will try and say engineering, C's get degrees. But I, so I thought that too, right? Just barely pass so I can just become an engineer, get a good job, I'll be good. Oh, but my mindset changed. My career path has changed. Now I need almost straight A's. So now I have to retake this class because I was not trying to maximize my full potential. And now it hurt me, cost me money and time. And I had to take the class anyway. And I still did well, you know, so I'm looking down here, but the camera's right here. Sorry, it's a video. But um, yeah, so just set yourself up for success and just try your hardest each time and you can get through it. Yeah. Um, let's keep on going up the list. Uh, electrical and electronics engineering, industrial systems engineering. Uh, applied mathematics, electrical engineering, physics and mathematics, computer science and mathematics, computer engineering, aeronautical engineering, 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 engineering until you, you get blue in the face. So a person comes to me, should I go to college? This is what I always ask people. What are you going for? <laughs> what are you going for? Definitely. If they don't say something that has to do with engineering, technology, Mathematics, science, probably not. Well, what if someone wants to become a child develop child education, right? That's cool. Just know you ain't gonna make much money doing it. Okay, well, yeah. So what if their objective is not to make money? But I say that to say when they graduate, the first thing they say is we are underpaid. And then I don't necessarily want to say they complain about it but they definitely talk about it on a regular basis and they start to get stressed out about it and money becomes, Oh, I should have studied something else. I should have went to that high expensive school, you know, just to get this small education. If I had to go back, I would do something else. Even though they promise that money is not, you know, the, the, not the why they wake up in the morning. They want to teach children, you know, they want to have this fulfilling career, but then their number one issue when they graduate is the money. And the pay. It's very confusing. Confused college students. Well, check this out. So say that a person, that's their dream in life. That's what they grew up wanting to do is help children, help kids. Okay. Yep. It's not going to be financially the best route for you to go. Do you think it's dependent on our society to make sure they do get paid? Make sure they do make a livable wage for the work that they do? What do you mean? 
like depending on ours, like taxes or what do you mean? Well, basically, when you talk about the educational system and a lot in most cases, it's it's, a, it's public schools. So the government is deciding their salary. Mm, yeah. The, the people who are down on this list making very good money, um, they're the ones who determine their salaries. Do you think it's incumbent upon society mm. to make sure that those people do get compensated properly? So say that you're still going into that field. Yeah. Shouldn't it be on us to make sure that they get paid as a society? Because we know it's wrong that they don't make enough money. Yeah, I mean, the humanity side of me, you know, the good, fulfilling Christian man that I am would honestly say yes. But we do live in America where you can make your own decisions. And why am I paying something? Why am I paying you to choose a career that you supposedly love so much? When you could have really been a teacher, wrote a book yourself, made millions of copies, and you're a millionaire. Okay. Is that realistic? How many teachers have written books that sold millions of copies? Robert Kiyosaki. Kiyosaki. Robert Kiyosaki. Kiyosaki. He sold real estate. Yes, but he was a teacher as well. But he teaches real estate. Yeah. He got into something different. That's true. To make his money. Real estate is another one of those uh, professions that uh, that pays pretty good, uh, pretty well if you decide not to go, you know, into college at all, you can get a real estate license and yeah, learn to sell real estate. Yeah, I think definitely the we should do a better part at, you know, social work, you know, the people who do child protective services, um, teachers, uh, and professors, they get paid $100,000 if they go to like IU, but the teacher down the street, does not get paid that way. So I'm, that's very confusing. <laughs> Is it confusing that public schools make more than private? I think you're more, you're more talking about private where the pay goes now, right? Mm-mm. I, don't, I didn't know that. Yeah. Private, if you're a private school teacher, your pay goes down? Yeah, usually. Like a Because your funds are... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not in that case, though, because it probably costs college tuition to go there. Yeah. But in, in most cases, when you're dealing with public funding versus private funding, the public funding is going to be heavier because they got to make their money off the private schools. They have to make their money off of the tuition and the donors and the donations. So they, they kind of working as a non-for-profit hmm. as opposed to always getting funded by the government. Interesting. So why even be a private body has to do it. <laughs> These schools have certain, you know, like special, special purposes. Yeah. You know, like, so say that, you know, you, you said you're a Christian man. Maybe you might want to go to a school that focuses on a Christian lifestyle. Maybe. I like the Not maybe. I'm just saying that's why it exists. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not necessarily saying you want to do that. Yeah. But that's why those kind of institutions exist for people who have that kind of psyche that they want to be around fellow Christians or Catholics or, you know, mm. they want to be around like individuals. That makes sense. Yeah. So there's always a need and a, a basically a desire and a demand yeah. for private schools. Yeah. And a lot of people that work at private schools, they probably came up in that fate. They probably aren't doing working there because like, oh yeah, this is the best career for me. And saying no, because they believe in whatever that institution has to offer. So do you think that we should, 
the government should focus more on paying teachers and how much? I'm kind of a socialist, you know? Um, yeah, I do. Um, I don't know what the correct number is, but I know a livable wage is not under $50,000 in America. So if it's anything lower than that, it's probably too low. Um, now, when you take into account how many years of experience, how many years have you been doing it? You know, I guess you'll have fluctuations based on that. But I don't think it should be anything less than $50,000. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm kind of liberal when it comes to you know social programs and making sure that people get compensated. And Oh, you actually care about people? Of course. It's, it's a joke. Yeah. Because they say non-liberals don't care about people. That's what they say. Maybe a conservative would say that. But I guess it depends on what the true facts are. You know, like you can be a conservative and say that you have Christian values and you can say that, oh, um, I'm concerned with uh, like, say, for example, this is controversial, but uh, how controversial can we get? Sensible politics is jumping in, I guess. Most of the people who are anti-abortion politically yeah. don't care about doing anything for other people after they're alive. Hmm. You know, so there's a contradiction that exists with, with, with all politics, you know? So people say one thing and they do another, Yeah, you know? Um, but like I said, I'm kind of, uh, I kind of lean towards, you know, socialism. So like, um, should engineers get paid a certain wage? They all get paid the same. Teachers all get paid the same. So I'm not going up. No, no, no. Not saying an engineer should get paid the same as a teacher, but saying teachers should get paid the same wage. All teachers should get paid the same wage and it should be a livable wage. And all engineers should get paid the same wage because there's so many different factors. There's so many factors in how much you get paid. Do you know the boss (laughs) very well? Yeah. Politics at play. Should that just be is socialism just totally throwing the politics out of the equation? Well, I didn't didn't want to go into go that far into socialism, but I was just saying I think we should treat people fairly, not necessarily everybody should make the same. I don't know that everybody should make the same amount of money because if I'm doing all the work and he ain't doing nothing, why is he making just as much as I am? That's a problem, you know. And then there is that aspect of socialism if everybody's going to make the same amount of money there's nothing to strive for why would i do anything more than what's necessary if this is all i'm going to make anyway what where's the motivation in that there is none pros and cons yeah um now while i'm speaking on socialism let's look at some uh costs of colleges in other countries around the world the united states charges the most by a long way by far for college education. Mm. Now look at some of these other countries and uh, how much they charge for, you know, for a student to go to college. It's expensive. Now, most people have to go into debt to go to college in the United States, right? Student loan debt is a big issue. And they say it's just another bill. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. You know, like they'll give you any amount of money to go to college, but they won't necessarily qualify you for a loan. No matter what your credit is, you can just do the loan. Yeah. Always. All right. So I'm going to take a look at a few other countries and compare these, 
these numbers to to the United States of America. They say college uh, colleges in the U.S. cost on average eight thousand dollars a year at public institutions at the bachelor bachelor level. About a third of countries that they report, including Denmark and Finland, don't charge any tuition fees at all for public institutions at the bachelor level. In 10 countries such as Austria, Aust- or Austria, Italy, Netherlands, tuition fees are less than $4,000. So let's go through a few of these. Australia, one year of college in Australia is $4,763 on average. They have 40 public universities. Austria, under $1,000, $914 a year to go to college. Mm. Canada, our neighbors up north, $5,000, just under $5,000. Chile, it'd be nice to go to Chile, $7,654. Now, how much are these these people getting paid? Because does it equal out? You mean, are they making less, like half of what we make in America? That's possible in some cases. Um, I don't know if it necessarily equates it, but that's possible because number one, you have to take into account uh, uh, transfer rates. You know, so like $100 in America is different in Canada. You know, our value of our money is higher. Um, Does a college degree afford you the same lifestyle? That's another question. I don't know. Good question, though. Um, Denmark, nothing. Estonia, nothing. That's a beautiful picture. That is. Finland, nothing. Too cold there. (laughs) Germany, nothing. Hungary, $766. Not even $1,000 a year. That's beautiful, too. They took some good pictures. I don't know where they got them from. Shutterstock. Israel, $3,000. But you get where I'm going with that. $1,600. The United States is going to be of around $9,000. Japan, and they lead in every industry in the world. They're killing it. $5,000. I think when you're dealing with like public institutions, that has a lot to do with the focus of that government, uh, the focus of those people, and say, what do we want to invest in? What do we want to invest our futures in? They choose education so that they can compete economically. We choose military. Hmm. We spend more money on the military. And I'm not going to say we spend money on killing, but we spend more money on ruling the world (laughs) as opposed to developing and, and giving a better lifestyle to our people. It's supposed to be here for the freedom, right? Yeah. You know, so we put more money into securing the so-called freedom than we do into our educational system. That's why I think you see that large discrepancy. Definitely. You know, definitely. And when you go to other countries, people hate Americans. They say we're arrogant for no real purpose, because honestly, we were fortunate enough to be born in America. A lot of people would say. You know, a lot of people would say we're fortunate enough to be born in America. But then they'll say we are over here and not actually taking advantage of it. You know, we don't actually we don't really know anything. The Chinese and the the Japanese, they're extremely, extremely smart because when they grow up, you know, they're less focused on trying to be the best player on the team, you know, sport wise. Mm -hmm. 
they're trying to be the the smartest student in the in the country. <laughs> well, and when you start from 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 worse circumstances, um, you're going to work harder to get out of those circumstances, or else you're just going to fall prey to those circumstances. Uh, I think which which you kind of mean is our American privilege kind of makes us a little lazy. Mm. Um, yeah. Light without. But I think uh, when people look at us and they say, oh, man, you got everything you got. You got it all. You know, but we really don't. Um, How do you fix it? I'll get it. Let me uh, swap it out. All right. So what are some things that you can uh, I'm gonna let you talk a little bit. What are some things you think that we could improve upon? Now, you're writing a book on confused college students. What would make students less confused? I'll wait till the battery comes on. Let's talk about it. It's fine. Just wait. Because it's all... It'll get together. Technical difficulties, guys. I watch podcasts all the time. They have difficulties all the time. There we go. All right. So, in my opinion... um. Yeah, what was your question again? What are some things that you said that college students are confused? What are some things that we can do better so that kids aren't confused with their futures? Definitely. All right. So let's just honestly start, you know, in preschool elementary. All right. I think a good starting point would be to, you know, my focus when I was young, you know, my parents really emphasized, you know, studying multiplication you know my mom and my dad would stay up with my sister and i till like midnight you know some nights on weekends right studying what's six times seven what's seven times eight and we'd have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of flashcards um you know laid out on the bed and we'd just be up studying having fun with it you know we'd have other tasks like tying tying your shoes you know studying how to tie your shoes, different methods of tying your shoes. So I think starting really young, like third grade, um, you know, even in preschool and stuff like that, and just making learning fun. And another good activity is, you know, ma making them make your bed in the mornings. Um, if a child cleans his room, yeah, if, a, well, if you can reach it, but let's just say, pick your toys up. Let's make cleaning up after yourself, you know, a habit. So that'll transform into getting your homework done. You know, so, yeah, but I think as you get older, parents start um, not really emphasizing that. So in middle school, I think those same practices should be practiced. You know, when I was in middle school, I would, you know, before I started, you know, my business and stuff, I would just go play outside all day after school. You know, my parents would emphasize you got to become a baseball player. I didn't really see the the importance of trying to become a baseball player. I could have got a scholarship. So instead of me pursuing baseball, I would go play with my friends who play football. So I think just putting more pressure on your kids, but finding that balance as well. Um, I'm not a parent yet, so I've never studied on parenting. So I don't know how you could do that. But I think that's a good way to start is putting pressure on your kids and letting them try different things in the educational system as well as sports um, just so they can start making good sound decisions. So let's just get to, you know, fast forward to um, the college. So when I graduated, I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I went to community college. Plus, I didn't have the grades to really get into any other school. So 
I went to Ivy Tech and I was going to be a lawyer. You know, why did I want to be a lawyer? I watched uh, Johnny Cochran, I think his name is, on Netflix, and he looked really cool defending OJ Simpson. So I'm like, this would be a really good career. This dude's in a nice suit and he's killing it. He's making a lot of money. He had a cool watch on. So I'm going to study being a lawyer. I didn't do any further research. How much do lawyers make? You know, what type of sector could I get into? What type of, you know, do black people become partners in these law firms? Um, usually no, you know, cause these law firms are usually, you know, owned by white guys. And if you don't own your own practice, you're usually, you're like 0.01% chance to become a partner. So you're not going to be making that type of crazy money. So basically exposure would be, uh, expose your children to things when they're young. Yeah. 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 In, in short exposure. Yeah. So I got one more thing I want to share. Okay. So state college isn't for you and you still want to have a, a good career. You still want to make a living. These are a few careers, career paths that you don't have to go to college for. No required degrees. Computer systems analysts, security analysts. I'm sorry. And I never knew of these things. <laughs> well, when I was in high school, these things didn't exist. <laughs> so that, I don't know. Maybe I'm just that old. Andre is almost that old. He'd be that old in a couple of days too. But these things didn't exist. So we had like, I had no idea of, you know, what to go yeah. into. Somebody asked me, uh, I was taking a, uh, I'm taking uh, software development classes. And somebody asked me, he said, uh, why didn't you do that when you got first guy in high school? Because it didn't exist. It definitely <laughs> it probably did not exist. The internet was, was, was fresh. It was dial up. You know, it was like you had to get on a telephone and connect that to your computer to anyways. Yeah. So database management, uh, Every business needs database management. Computer programming. Greg. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe web programming or something or web design, you know, but uh, network computer systems. You see another trend here, though, don't you? Computers. 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 If you decide not to, and yes, it's hard. You're going to have to learn a different way of thinking. It is difficult, but these are very lucrative professions. And it's not labor intensive. Yeah. Yeah, well, you just sit, you know, mm -hmm. and you can get up and walk around. You know, that's the, the boring part, probably, yeah. you know, sitting at a desk, you know, it's not that active of a, a job. But but radiology uh, technician, I don't even know what that is. I'm assuming look at x-rays. Uh, yeah. Service delivery analyst, Amazon, mm -hmm. huge right now. Computer su support because people don't know how to use their computers. Tool makers, uh, don't ever sleep on the skill trades. we got to always... Know that the skill trades are there, plumbing, electrical, tool making, all that stuff is real good money in that stuff. Pharmacy tech. Uh, don't ever sleep on nursing. Don't sleep on uh, getting into healthcare. Healthcare, sometimes you need a degree, sometimes you don't, but healthcare is always gonna be there. People are gonna need healthcare no matter what. But that's another you know path that you can go into. But again, you know, we're running low on time. Uh, so I'm gonna. You got anything else you want to say before I go yes. back to Andre? Like, where are you at, Dre? Is he here? Did he fall asleep? Oh, yeah, I'm definitely here. Great show, guys. <laughs> uh, uh, Greg, if you could just stop sharing your screen for a second. Yeah, I got uh, it. Yeah, yeah. Excellent, excellent show, guys. Um, here's, you know, I just, my, my last two cents as we get ready to close out is that 
I think that you should pursue career paths uh, that are aligned to your, not just your passion, but your gifts. Uh, I think that you should pursue a, a career that's based upon a skill set that you're willing to develop. Um, and I think that you learn that along the way. Uh, I think that uh, based upon your exposure, like Jordan was talking about, based upon how you were reared, uh, you, what your parents value, uh, you tend to discover what you want to do as you become more self-aware. So that time that even if you don't pursue okay. a college degree, I think that you still end up investing money in your professional and your personal development. So not, not attending college doesn't necessarily mean that you won't have to expend uh, finances for your own personal development. I think that you just have to determine where you would like to allocate your giftings and then find those people that are experts in those fields and cultivate your professional development based on that. So I just want to say as we close out, again, thank you to our sponsors, Ebron and Associates, to Creative Circles. Thank you all for your time uh, to Starks Reality. It got real out there. Listen, if you are pursuing your career based upon producing a viable financial future, you got a chance to see it all today. All right. You either have the, you know, the humanity portion and you can accept a lower wage or you can pursue engineering or computer development. Go ahead and get that bread and then give back to your community. However you want always to do give it. Back. Always yeah. give back. No matter what you do, always give back. Always give back. So listen, man, you know my birthday's coming up Thursday, December 10th. Happy birthday early. Yes, Happy sir. Happy birthday. Thank but you. I'll send you a text, though. Yes, sir. I am asking everybody to donate um, to the Drawing Board Nation. You know, our goal is to create an experience that will transform the world. And we are strengthening families. We are building community. We are exploring, challenging people to explore career pathways. We are out there cultivating healthy relationships that tend to a better community for those we serve. You can give at info at the drawingboardnation.com on PayPal, and you can give directly to me on cash app right now, dollar sign Andre Ebron. I like to finish the show always like this. Your future is not behind you. It is not before you. It is within you. I'm Andre Ebron, and this is Greg Starks with Starks Reality on the Drawing Board Podcast. Peace.